We are doing great. Um, I've got okay. <clears throat> I might fart. Oh, okay. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Um, <laughs> welcome. My, my name's Jaren. My pronouns are he him. My name's Lars, and my pronouns are he him as well. And um, welcome back to the show. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that because I wanted to let you and everybody else know that I am officially taking probiotics. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> proud. <laughs> Make sure you get the, did you get the ones that you refrigerate? Oh, well, of course, because it's got dairy in it. Oh, All, yeah. uh, most probiotics need to be. Or yeah, they've got the live cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we are downstairs, and like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, that I've been consuming a lot of protein because we've been working out. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Meyer, and they had um, like these little tiny shots of probiotics, and they, it was like a buck nineteen yeah. for a pack of six. And I was like, well, that's most cost effective. Right. And so I'm going to try them. So today's day two, and we are looking pretty good. So. Um, everybody that lives with me, which is just Nicholas and the dog and the cats. So anybody that's around me that I <laughs> fart in front of, um, you're welcome. I'm doing this for you. Proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's your turn to gas me out of my, my out of the studio. <laughs> I don't know what mine. Mine is probably diet, and then I just blame it on testosterone because I just blame everything else on testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been on tea now? September, October, November, December. January, February, March, April, May. Eight months? Yeah. Wow. There was a kid on a bike earlier outside. Mm. I had a realization the other day. So it's been warmer out here in Fort mm-hmm. Wayne. We've got our windows open all the time, especially when we're sleeping. Oh, that is prime for mm-hmm. me. Um, we hear a kid, like, I, I, I assume they got spanked because I heard a crack and then screaming and crying that would normally come afterwards. And I look at Nicholas and I go, wow, you know, it just dawned on me. Like I have not had a permanent place of residency since I was a child. I'm now in the role of the adult where it's like, this is my home. And now like the na- I'm going to watch the neighborhood grow up. Yeah. Did not think about that. Yeah. And I was like that kid that's screaming and crying. We're going to hear him screaming and crying every summer. Yep. But it's beautiful. It is cool. It's security and normalcy. Yeah. And grounded. You just feel grounded. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh. It's a nice feeling. Dang, do I feel so much more grounded these days. Good. Tell me how you feel grounded. My house makes me feel grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that I'm investing money into something that I'm going to get back. So, like, financial security makes me feel grounded as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember on your first episode here when you had brought up how the bedroom became a sanctuary for you and Jenny? Yeah. So I've been doing some more hanging out in the bedroom Mm -hmm. after work or just on a day where it's like I would normally be in the basement. Well, I remember that um, that was a sanctuary for me when I was a child or um, a teenager. Same. Yep. And so now I'm like, to satisfy that inner teenager, not the child, because I'm dealing with a teenager now. Um, oh. <laughs> I mean, lucky you. Well, little little <laughs> Jaren didn't grow that fast by any means, but the 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 younger one has a lot more calmer these days. But the teenager, he's he's loud. I was like, oh, that would make him happy, and yeah. it sure does. Good. Go hang out in your bedroom, folks. Yeah. 
do things in there. Get it, get it all nice and aesthetically pleasing to your mm-hmm. liking. And I know that a lot of people don't like the TV in the bedroom, but I think it's a game changer. <sighs> yeah, it's you know, there's a lot of things about it's black mirrors, more electronics in a room that you're not supposed to be using electronics. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Yes, do what makes you happy. I mean, damn, please. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> who gives a fuck? But if you're, yeah, who gives a fuck? But if Who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> There's the door, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're like me and you battle back and forth, just deal with whatever's going to make the one that feels more bad, less bad. Tell us what's in your bedroom. Well, we have a bed. And a dresser and a TV and two nightstands, <laughs> sometimes two cats and a dog, sometimes two men. And um, Dan, I don't know if you still listen. You'll just have to let me know. But uh, we have erotic art in the bedroom that we always take down in respect of Nicholas's parents before they come over. So that's what's in my bedroom. Oh, and a mirror. If you're into spooky supernatural stuff, which obviously Lars and I are very much into oh, spooky yeah. stuff. Don't put a mirror in front of head facing your bed because then your soul could get trapped into the mirror world the also, mirror realm while you're astral projecting. Yes. And also don't have mirrors facing each other because it creates a portal. And we have a very close portal in our house. If you, you know how you mm-hmm. go up the stairs at my place, Yeah, how we have the mirror that's next to the bathroom. Yeah. And then when you walk down the stairs on the landing, uh-huh. There's a mirror there. Yeah. So they're not facing each other, but they're like vertical, like they're kind of uh-huh. teetering. Like yeah. if you looked at it the right angle, yeah. you could create one. Yeah. I my- I find it exciting and I just left it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to, uh, so when I was a, when I was a, a teenager in my dad's first house after he and my mom split up, um, he had one of those vanity mirrors that the out, the two out pieces would flip in oh yeah those are so 90s and i would yeah. i would put my face in there and like flip those open and i would be able to <gasps> look at, i would it's I the only way i could like see my whole face you know yeah and you can see they were super convenient because you could see the back of your head oh my god yes yeah i Ugh. loved them oh any 90s babies out there let us know yeah i'm sure you are <laughs> we're very i feel like we're supreme 90s kids well, okay. Supreme. I, I, I do as well. And I know that, hey, Gen Z, welcome to the show. Gen Z thinks that it's silly of us to think that the 90s were the best decade. And I get that. And we, and they're like, stop making it a personality trait. Look, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. It was the last wonderful 10 years before, if anything, not only the world, but like, America has like Mm -hmm. did a complete 180. It's hard to not look at that as like something special. It's hard. And there was a balance of technology. Yeah. That's the most impactful thing that I take away from being in the nineties. Yeah. So didn't it control my life? I could choose whether to go outside and still be fulfilled with my friends. Yeah. I could choose to not have a social media account. Mm. Now that mindset's gone. It's completely gone. Oh, I know. Unfortunately, again, like I talk about a lot of financials, but again, like being grounded, Mm -hmm. I feel like 
at a financial state in our country, it was probably the best it was going to get. And then it just kind of hit rock bottom after oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was before late stage capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's probably what it was. 2001, 2000, between 2001 and 2008 was like the last two minutes that that avalanche had before it hit the city. And not to mention the war on terror. Yeah. I mean, I know that that was going on for quite a bit of time because the cold war kind of played into the, the acts of terrorism uh-huh. but for us to witness something like 9-11 yeah that shook me to my core yeah and a lot of the younger generation most of them that i know that i actually work with weren't even born yet right and for them to think that we were old and mature enough to, and capable of being told to sit in a classroom and, and watch it and to watch it Watching people jump out of buildings and yeah, people with ash all over them and right smoke like uh, inhaling smoke and people coughing and uh-huh. coughing up blood on television live right mm-hmm. and then to be told all right kids you're gonna go out for a recess for an extra twenty minutes on top of your original twenty and uh, we've got some phone calls to make and watching your teachers like panic and cry and then you're just mm-hmm. like what's going on and they're like you know we'll talk about it and like well, obviously this is a really scary thing but like i don't understand the concept of like what this means yeah um and and then when we want to do our inner child work and inner teenager work and want to put ourselves first and heal ourselves uh we're a bunch of babies and we're a bunch of children because we can't handle the real world no it's just <laughs> the real world was given to us quite early in life yes it was and for you guys, I mean, for the younger generation, like you're born right into the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand if it's annoying to hear millennials talk about it being a night, being a nineties kid is not a character trait. It's just, I mean, I'm not here to say that our childhood is better than yours. I'm just saying ours was completely different. Yeah. We're the last generation to have a non-technology focused mm-hmm. so um, childhood like you mentioned there's more pressure on the younger generation to acclimate yeah and for us back then we could just be like no i don't want that yeah and it would be okay yeah you know like did you know it's an old people thing to carry a debit card now well i'm old because i got one i love it i know it's because for me like again growing up under like basically poor under the poverty line, like maybe a smidge, Mm -hmm. very, very, very low middle-class family. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what credit was until I was 26 years old. Yeah. So like I had a debit card because I knew that that money, I actually had that money. Yeah. And it scared me to even be like, you could get a credit card, but it's only a loan and you have to pay it off. I'm like, (laughs) well, what if I can't pay it off? And they're like, well, then you're, you're trash. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're trash. But now I have a very healthy relationship with credit because yeah. I have a very stable job, a very stable income, and I understand how it works. And a more stable life, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Welcome to Typically, typically Divergent <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about anything in the sun, around the sun, under it. Uh, also, speaking of suns, did you guys know that it's only a star? All that stars blows are suns. I can't talk about space too much right now. Okay, that's okay. No, I I'm, I find it very interesting, but sometimes, like, I think I like I almost go into this state of I get lost in thinking too much about space. 
<laughs> what do you what do you call you, that? You um, get lost in space thinking about space. Lost in space. Remember that movie? I'm going to say yes because I remember the title. I don't know if I ever watched it, Some but I timeline. do. timeline, it's probably... So they're like, no, it's not called Lost in Space. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> disassociating something of that sort. Because I start thinking too much about like... Oh, you start disassociating. Yeah. I, I was like, why are you talking about disassociating? Because I started picking my nails. <laughs> started picking my nail polish. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to sit here and let him process that while I sit <laughs> like, here anyway, pick buddy. My, pick my chips nails. <laughs> well, I know space is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's also very terrifying. Yeah. So to pull us back. Yeah, let's let's pull back now. <laughs> so I have got some funny updates for this week and some interesting updates for this week. If you are new here because of TikTok, Welcome to our show. <laughs> yes. Hello. Um, hi. Um, so, and again, we appreciate every follow and every time that we people interact with us. It is a big deal for us to have jumped up over 100 plus followers in over a week. Since last time I mm-hmm. saw you, that's the that's our biggest jump. And I mean, I'm not going to compare myself to people who have more. I'm just comparing myself to myself. And that is very big for us. So, hi. Welcome to our show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for giving us a chance to lighten your life. Yeah. And maybe teach you something. Or you can be silly with us. Last week, we were in a super silly, goofy mood because (laughs) I was heckin' depressed and um, not feeling that anymore today. Well, I posted a video on TikTok that got quite a bit of views, and then it turned out that the information from that video was possibly not true, and the usually credible source was Pink News, and they even took it down. So then I made another video to let people know, hey, like we don't spread misinformation, but this is what we do do here on our show. <laughs> do do. I'm so mature. <laughs> the first video got a lot of attention and I'm okay with getting nasty comments. I can, you you don't come to a gay man and try to clap my way, okay? Because I can clap back, especially, <laughs> especially if I'm hiding behind a phone. <laughs> because then I can have time to process what I want to say. However... Somebody, my favorite negative comment, it wasn't even a person. That's the best part. And you'll you'll understand. I'll get to the punchline in a second. Because I went looking for it today before you came over so I could read it. I always look at everybody's profile when they go to uh, comment because I want to know who we're interacting with. He said something nasty. So I went to his page. His profile picture, a motorcycle. Videos, motorcycles. Favorites, motorcycles. And I went, oh, sir, you're a motorcycle. Oh my gosh, I am so honored to be receiving a comment from a motorcycle. Thank you so much. <laughs> and he, it's a M something, blah, 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 whatever. That was my favorite too. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, anyway, thank you. It's so nice <laughs> to hear from you. And then he liked my comment. Like, buddy. Interesting. I'm arguing with you. Uh, we got called, I got called a racist, which is fun mm-hmm. because I used the word cracker by uh, a minor who wasn't even using proper grammar. So like definitely made sure I pointed that one out. Right. And the one guy, he kept going back and forth and arguing with me. And I literally said, and like multiple times I said, and yet here you are still commenting on my video. Thank you so much for the interaction. You're just giving my video an opportunity for it to be viewed even more. So if you're from TikTok, that's where this whole thing is going. 
Welcome to the show. Welcome. Please tell your friends. We are going to get a camera soon. I know you guys like video. Trust me. I do too. <laughs> I'm also a visual person. Same. We'll get there. Same. Uh, to give you an idea of what we're doing, we're both barefoot. We're and both rubbing our toes. <laughs> we're both rubbing our toes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Life's too short to wear socks all the time. I know. You I gotta feel that floor on your feet. I know. It's good for grounding. Yeah. Oh, Nicholas and I went to uh, the plant store the other day. And you got we got Taylor. We got Taylor, who is a lavender plant because beautiful. Not, well, her very her variegation is lavender. She's not a lavender plant like lavender itself. Right. We did buy one. It's in the backyard. Um, nice. This beautiful beast. Uh, she, pictures of her are on our um, Instagram page, um, but she is so beautiful. She and is. Nicholas and I had such a great time at the plant store. This kind of like circles around with like the uh, the the white people thing. <laughs> Remember, guys, I will shit on my own race as a white person all I want. Racism does not pertain to white people. It doesn't pertain to the oppressors. Right. And in this case, we are the white people. So we are not, we cannot be racist to ourselves because we right. don't have a race. Our systematic oppression is of Caucasians. Of our, yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Which is so funny because that's also going to kind of go into what our topic today yes, is. Yes, and come at me. If you do not agree, come at me. I'm waiting. You can find him on all of our socials. He'll yeah. be there somewhere. You can leave me some cute comments and I'll slap back or clap back. Clap back. Whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Use a, a slap back. I'll slap back, back cat back. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will cat back. <laughs> I will back. I'll, I'll do something back. <laughs> Sorry, um, I did not mean to no, interrupt you, dear no, God. No, it's okay. I, I love that. I love that. Like, that is... Always keep that going for the show. It keeps them entertained. Um, so we're at the plant store. There's this uh, very, like, under the assumption, high-class, blonde, white woman who is at the plant shop on her lunch break. Again, I am assuming these things. Okay, guys. She gets into her car and we like take our time putting our things into the vehicle because like I am, it is my day off. I am main character energy this year. Like I am not bothered by anybody else. If you're waiting for me to get in my vehicle so that you can drive off, you're going to, it's going to take you some time. Recently, I've been having this habit of leaving beverages on top of my car, like a twister moment. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good scene. Um, that's in my brain. I drove, I drove three blocks one direction and four blocks another direction with a mug of coffee on my car before I realized it wasn't in my car. And then I stopped over at that church, at mm. that light, and all I just I opened up my window and I put my hand up there and there it was, <laughs> there it was. And I was like, oh my god. So I get in my car and I I could see in the corner of my eye that she was just kind of like giving me this look like. Like, are you going to go? Are you going to take care of that? Like, what are you doing here? I sit in the car and I look at Nicholas and I said, I do not care if you are waiting on me, miss. I am here taking my sweet old time. She kind of like keeps her vision my way as she's like driving off. And then Nicholas turns on his car and one of the attendants comes up and goes, sir, 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 you have something on top of your vehicle. She wasn't looking at me because I was taking too long. She was looking at me because she wanted to see if we were going to drive away with a, so a beverage I, on top of my car. <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Lowe's. And now this. Oh, yeah. So you are assuming the worst in others. Oh, that's the pattern you're talking about. You're right. Okay. I know. But that's okay because... 
nine, nine times out of ten, we're right, right? <laughs> nine times out of ten, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because people are not always kind. But I do believe that there's more kindness in the world yeah than than what we would give credit to i do too it's just i think we're all so burnt out that we don't have any left to give the people that have genuine kindness left in them know not to go out in public so we're all (laughs) hibernating in our homes yeah but also it's the trauma because we are part of the queer community so we have always had to have like we've said before like we have this armor on Mm -hmm. all the time And it's a rainbow flag. So how's your week been? How is your mental health? How are we feeling today? At this moment, again, I'm at an eight. If you were to ask me that last week at the end of the week, it would have been like maybe a six because my car. Laura's got a new car. I got a new car. Her name is Sue. It's new to me. She's 2017, but she's new to me and she's beautiful. She's from New York. Her name is Sue. Right. I knew that was coming. How did I know? Because I've been so much swift. It's okay. Sorry for the sound out there, guys. If you can't hear, it's my spooky neighbor, John. (laughs) The one that looks like the Crimson Man. But all in one day, Hmm. I lost a car, got a loan, got a new bank, (laughs) got a line of credit. Oh, I didn't ask you. How did you get it here? Sue? Uh Uh-huh. You didn't drive out there to go get it. She's from New York, but she was not in New York when you bought her. No, she No. No. I thought she was in New York, and somebody in New York <laughs> is the one that you did the deal with. Oh, no. That's why I was so impressed that <laughs> Jan... <laughs> what the fuck are you doing out in New York? Yeah. That's why I said, how does, he, how does he know people in New York? And you just said he knows people from Subaru, and so I... Okay. Ah, so okay. the gentleman who found the car for me, yes, he's worked as a car salesman for 30 plus years, uh-huh. but he now works at Subaru in, okay. in Fort Wayne. God, it was Jeff. from, Ma- it, it was from an owner. The owner of the car was living in Manhattan. Okay. And they shipped it to Fort Wayne. God, I love Manhattan. Just sandwiches. to sell it. Cause they knew that, I don't know, maybe Subaru <laughs> cut a deal with them or something from Fort Wayne and just wanted it or yeah. whatever. But yeah. <sighs> okay. So, that, that is was a, not the story that I thought it happened. <laughs> so sorry. It's okay. Um, but yeah, she's here. She's queer because she's a Subaru. And, <laughs> and her name is Subaru because she's a Subaru. I am the silly goose that was like, so why Sue? Because she's a Subaru. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. But she she's great. And it was a huge stressor. Off your has, back. Is gone now because. Toe tap. tap. Because Sorry, old blue, my old Honda CRV was almost at three hundred thousand miles, and he was going tired, so tired. But he did a good job. He did, and honestly, I'm so happy that you are no longer driving him. Because now, when I am driving and I see them on the street, I won't get, I won't think <laughs> that it's you driving, even though you have bumper stickers and stuff. But I would still be yeah. like, oh, "Is that Lars?" Right. And also, the car that he had, like a lot of like dads drove oh yeah so many dads my dad gave it to me uh new balance dads mama terry it was kind of exciting because i was just like finally getting to do this and finally getting it all settled and i have to worry about a car taking a shit at the road good and shout out to my neighbor who helped me push old blue to the front of my house because it died at the stop sign (laughs) 
No. <sighs> Fucking twat. Like you were trying to just get home. I was trying to literally just get home, and I was I stopped at the stop stop line or stop sign stop because line. I was going to turn around uh-huh. and park in front of the, the house. He couldn't even make it. He was like, "Fuck you, Lars. I'm gonna die right here." That's like me when I was doing abs today, and I was like, Mm-mm, "Can't do two more. I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and my neighbor, my neighbor comes out, and he's like. It sounds like it wants to turn over. And I was like, yeah, he always turns over for me. He yeah. wants to do it. He just can't. <laughs> he just can't. And so we, I sit there for a minute and he finally turns on. And then my neighbor goes, put it in neutral. And so I'm like, put it in <laughs> turning the wheel. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to push it to the house. Granted, the house is just like a few hundred feet. And it made it. We got it parked in front of the house. And I'm honestly... It's going to sit there until either somebody picks it up for like a couple grand. A couple grand, buddy. You are going to probably get <laughs> scrap cash for that. Scrap cash. Yes, but it does have a lot of good parts still on it. So I'm like, I'm hoping that scrap like somebody cash. could like, I, I might just, just start taking parts of it out. Like it's <laughs> like it's an organ donor. <laughs> just keep him on his four wheels. That's what we're gonna refer to him now no. as the organ donor. Uh, um, oh my god! But I mean, the radiator is brand new. Okay, but Lars, if, <laughs> he needs a radiator to to get the fuck off the street. You'd be like, well, you got four four good tires. Some people fix them up though. Honda might even buy it for me. I really hope that they are interested because that's. If I get $1,000 out of that bad boy, I'm taking it, and it's going to my payment of my new car. Oh, I was going to say, you're going to take that $1,000, and you're going to take going to the principal. For, I was going to say, you're going to take me out for drinks. Like, right. how does that work? Like, oh, hey, Jaren, look, I won the argument, so now I'm going to buy you a beverage. No. Either way, I'm getting some money out of it. Eventually. Scrap, scrap cash. I hope I I really hope that you do. I just think that you might be overestimating the value of what you could get out of that stuff. Right. So like if Nicholas were here, one of his top three favorite words, convenience. Yeah. It would just be I'm just gonna pay a tow truck to take it to the scrapyard and the scrapyard will give me cash for it and like that's gonna be it. I mean that would that would work, that'd be fine. And I know that there's some companies around here that will actually pay me for it to take it away and just like be done with it. Thank God. I am so happy to (laughs) I'm sure every all of my friends and family are just like, Oh thank fuck. (laughs) Yeah. fucking done with sue or blue, blue. jesus no sue so i'm so sorry so, so sorry sue so, so she's sorry. my lady i love her she's so she's cool. a lady she's so oh, cool she's a lady <laughs> and if you know that song write to us at typically divergent podcast and you'll get a shout out hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> um Great. That makes me so happy. Thank you. The first time that the first time that I got into Lars's vehicle was <laughs> to go to a pride event. Any other time we were ever in a car together, I drove because I'm a smoker and we were typically this was pre-COVID and we were taking long trips to go places. Oh, like yeah. when you and I went, you the four of us Chicago. went to Chicago. Yeah, oh, that was a long ass fucking trip. Uh, I know it was so nice though. It was. So I get in his vehicle and it's making all these weird noises, and neither he or Jen are concerned. And so Lars <laughs> drops Jen and I off outside of uh 
this big park that we have in Fort Wayne where we have Pride and and any other festival in Fort Wayne, God forbid. I get out of the car and I go, hey, Jen, is something going on with your guys' vehicle? (laughs) (laughs) She goes, yeah, we've taken it to our guy and like he's getting it fixed. And I was like, okay. And at that point, like there was nothing that he could do to make that sound go away. The vehicle was fine. But oh, you're talking about the rattling under the car. Yeah, it was it was a shield of the um, catalytic converter. Oh, bouncing around, bouncing around. And then the actuator went out, which is your lock system. So like yes. every time I would lock, it would go. You know, I do know. No, this is really sad because when I took Sue out, God, I'm talking about her. She's like a fucking person. I know. That's fine though because, but I love her. She's got me. She's got it. She's gonna take care of me. She's gonna get me where I need to go. Anyway, I was I was waiting for that sound when I hit because every cert like there's a part of the road Uh where I leave the house where that thing would go. I was listening for it when I was driving Sue. I was like, oh my God, my locks. And then I didn't hear anything. It was beautiful. Uh, it was silent. He said the trauma. <laughs> it was. The trauma that my car caused me. But honestly, it's kind of a sad transition because I've had that car since I was 22. Yeah. And you're what? 30, I'm 32. 30. Yeah, it's 10 years. He did a good job. Yeah. I mean, it's a Honda. They last forever, but kind of <laughs> not forever. But like, but I honestly could have taken better care of him. I kind of let things go a little bit too long. Okay, at sometimes, but like at some points. But like, other than that, like that's a that's a hard long ride, three hundred thousand yeah. miles. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I think my first car got to one hundred eighty nine before I finally got into my accident. That was my grandparents' car, and that was their... Was it a Buick? No, it was a Mercury Cougar. Her name pretty was, much. Her name was Violia Genitalia, and she was a beast. A V8, two doors. Oof. I had a I had a sticker on the back window that said, I, as a college student, as I'm going to Carroll High School as a senior. Oh, shout out to Carroll High School students. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Do you want to tell them about it? Alumni over here. You and I. I know. Listen, y'all. So Carroll High School, was it their drama? Yeah. Their the, drama club or drama... The drama department. The, the drama th- department wanted to put on a... They called it a gender-bending tale of Robin Hood. Yes. Where gender roles were going to be all like flipped up and... Yeah. Nothing th- was going to be directly the same as the story. Yeah. As far as who played what. Right, Which and I think matter. there might have been like a same-sex love interest or something in there somewhere, yes. or at least like innuendos hinting yeah. things of this nature. I mean, it's a fucking drama production, right? It was it's it? gay. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck, people? This is not this is not Romeo and Juliet, where right. we're depicting twelve and thirteen year olds. <laughs> yeah, because that's not wrong at all. That's fine. And taking their lives. The drama department coordinator, or I believe I'm. I'm, drama teacher the drama teacher i'm trying to make sure that like i get some of the information most of the information correct because i'm just like free balling it here she um yeah wanted to put this play on and the the principal was like yeah sure let's do it which mm-hmm. i was surprised yeah at the beginning and then um a bunch of just parents that a group of parents from the school like didn't approve of it and didn't like it got got scared mm-hmm. 
And well, they didn't get well. They were they were getting their feelings, their fear because yeah. they're afraid of what they don't understand. Right? They will condemn what they do not understand. Yeah, that tattooed on my arm. So they went to the principal complaining about it. The principal got spooked because, like, honestly, I kind of understand that because that's a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to balance like pleasing like two like beasts here, and he got spooked and he canceled it. Mm-hmm. So now the the students after that were like, you can't do that. I'm not gonna allow that. And so they made like this really amazing mo- like video and they posted it all on social media about you know like what happened in a very amazing way. Yeah, and I think like, it was extremely respectful, especially when they mentioned that it was bullying. Yeah, they asked for fifty thousand dollars, and they were gonna have it at Fullinger Theater. Mm-hmm. And they raised over fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, they exceeded it, and it made yeah NPR. Uh-huh. Um, the TikTok profile under the desk actually covered it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, wow. Obviously, it was all over local news, well, and yeah. it just got a lot of like response, and our community really, really stepped up. Yeah. And going back to the video, I thought it was very personable because it pointed like you're talking about me. Yeah. Like, as a student of Carroll High School, like, mm-hmm. I go to this school. Mm-hmm. You are not necessarily infringing on my rights, but you are basically telling me that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And you're bullying me. And I thought that that was just a really great way to go about it. It was very genuine. Like you said, it was very respectful. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say kudos to those students because when I went to Carroll High School, that would have never happened. Oh, no. Just the, even the thought of our drama, like, teacher, even bringing that idea of such a a story to play, it would never even happened. No. So I'm just very proud of them for standing up for what's right. And even the community for even backing them and for Carol, even at the get go to be like, yeah, let's put it on. Yeah. And then I'm sure that there's lots of support within Carol. Of course. I can't imagine that there isn't. Thank you for making little Lars happy. Because I think that that made little Lars very happy. It's very validating. We always knew that Gen Z and Gen Alpha is going to be the one to save us. (laughs) (laughs) But we are not going to put the pressure on you like the Gen Xers and Boomers put on us. I need to take a potty break. Great. Is there anything? Oh, uh, my 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 mental health. What is your scale? What's what? One to one to ten. How are you feeling today? I'm at a nine right now. Fuck yeah, bitch! Fuck yeah, bitch! See that lip action? Oh, yeah, and my lips are fine this week. <laughs> I can suck a straw now um, and smoke a cigarette. And shuck something out, Shannon. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Terry. Oh, uh, boy. It's all right. This is our show. <laughs> um, so I've been pretty vague about, like, my CPTSD and, like, how that affects my day-to-day life. And I have not been comfortable getting really deep into it lately because I have been into the thick of it. I feel more than content, but less than manic. I finally feel, I'm starting to feel like myself again. And this myself that's feeling like himself again, this is like a part of Jaren that died when I was like in my early 20s. So I am feeling much better these days. One day I we will talk about what really makes both of us individually neurodivergent and how that affects our lives. Um, but today I don't want to do that because I don't want to bring any moods down. Part of this 
realization that I've had recently was advocating for myself, even when it is really tough and scary. And sometimes you have to speak your truth. And sometimes people don't want to hear what that is. It is so much better on the other end when you finally do. Anyway, I'm going to go pee. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a break. And one day when we're making money, an ad will go here. (laughs) Hi, everybody. We're back with empty bladders. And so earlier, we talked about some things that are going to segue us into, I mean, it's a late segue, but (laughs) what are we talking about today, Lars? King Charles. (laughs) What? King Charles. Oh, King King Charles. The King Charles and the coronation of King Charles. Okay. And some royal tea. Royal tea. Like tea or the tea. The tea. Hold on to your butts. Oh, really quick. Do you mind if I tell them why we're doing this? Yeah, because um, some stuff is going on over in England with uh, Prince Charles taking over. <laughs> this is this is this is how I I, I, I am with like certain uh, history. I'm like I know there's a person, there's a place, and there's a thing that's all happening. Nouns, nouns are nouning. The United States fought two wars to not give a shit. Okay, and yet about we, this, and yet we still, but give we a still shit. give a shit. Yeah. So King Charles the Third was. Had his coronation yes. this past week. Okay. And what is a coronation? A coronation is the formal investiture of a monarch with their regal powers. Okay. So he's taking over this spot. Yes. It's it's a it's like a, a swearing in. Yes. Okay. Now, just to preface, because I don't know how much you know about how the monarch works. I don't know much, and maybe the people don't know any don't don't know much. Basically, like the monarch, they they literally don't do anything. Like they don't make laws, they don't pass laws, they don't even introduce laws. So, do they have any power in government? No, they're so, literally a figurehead. Oh, like a distraction. Tradition. Okay. So tradition. So a a a single bloodline. Yes. But how do they have power? They don't. So, what's the power that everybody says they have? Because they have lots of influence. Okay. okay. The original influencer. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. (laughs) They're the original influencer. Yes. With the definition of a coronation, some more like insight about it. It's a grand celebratory event in which the monarch is presented with royal ceremonial objects, such as crown jewels. Okay. Okay. Um, and it is where the crown is physically placed on a sovereign's head in front of many thousands of important guests. So it's basically that, and that is an actual description from the Royal Collection Trust, which is the royal family's basically like website. Okay. <laughs> when you see like those old, mo- like those movies that we see that are like portraying like kings being like crowned. Yeah. That's a coronation. Okay. Um, it's corn. <laughs> corn. It's big love juice. It's got the juice. Here's the juice. Oh, sorry. That was Southern. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's lots of different coronations, obviously, all around the world because there, I mean, there used to be many coronations all around the world. I don't, I'm sure that there is still formalities and like sovereign heads in different countries. But okay. as far as like the UK. Okay. 
Most of these coronations have taken place in Westminster Abbey. Is that what Downtown Abbey is based on? <laughs> no. Okay. You can continue. And it's not downtown, it's Downton. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's Downton Abbey. <laughs> the look on your face. Disgust. <laughs> it's like, You're listen, looking at me the way you that... uncultured swine. Oh, okay, UK. <gasps> oh, listen. No. I know, it's I'm fine. Sorry, that's, I didn't really mean that. I... <sighs> I understand. I get it. So, okay. Coronations. Big so cor- the first documented coronation at Westminster Abbey was William the Conqueror on Christmas Day in eight in Jesus on Christmas Day in 1066. 1066. 1066. Almost, almost a thousand years ago. And here we are in the U.S. And it's like, what? We're like 300, 300, 200, 200 years old. Yeah. With some change. Yeah. Yeah, dude. We're, we're, baby children and we act like it i know <laughs> but you know what i am proud of being a that we don't have this fucking shit happening <laughs> <laughs> we're closer nation we're closer oh, to uh, anyway this has nothing to do with the government that's right because they don't have any governmental influence they don't you've said to me in the past that you didn't really know quite oh, a lot about yeah. like the monarch and like how yes. it worked and like you just yeah but i mean like we don't we we don't like us as a society in the u.s like most of us don't because we don't get taught that no it's just hey everybody like there's a queen over there and like they're on the tabloids they're in the news right the princes are right they're estranged from their family right why do we care that's an interesting thing that we that we do and it's it's all driven by media right yeah so william the conqueror he was the first documented um king to be court like that went through a coronation okay at westminster abbey okay and that is where king charles had his coronation so he's he's continuing the tradition again tradition like that's the the theme here that's where the queen had hers yes okay now the queen queen elizabeth ii was let me pull up my my notes here she was a queen for like 60 years i think right her husband died like last year. So then, why was everybody obsessed about the queen but not the king? It's so, the bloodline. So this is the interesting part about <laughs> monarchs: is that just because you are married to the queen does not make you the king. And that's it. That's the tea. That's the tea. So Queen Elizabeth II, her coronation took place on June second, nineteen fifty-three. Okay. She was born in nineteen twenty-six. Okay. So she is the longest reigning monarch in the history of Great Britain. You would think that a man would be more prone to being in power instead of a a woman. So it all ta- it's all about your birth order. Okay. So Queen Elizabeth was next in line because her father, George the Sixth, was king and he had all daughters. So was she the oldest daughter? So she was the oldest daughter. So she had to take take over when he passed away. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. And they own um all of the like the wealth in the world, right? Not all of it, but they are the ones. I mean, with they're the wealthiest. They the most in the wealth. UK. But it's all like it's not real. Like it's just all debt. Well, that's how all rich people live, right? It's, yeah, it's but like it's debt. just like it's yeah property jewelry isn't um like the diamond in the crown 
like from from South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Was she colonized? She's a colonizer. <laughs> it's awful. Okay. So anyway, the coronation that took place on the sixth was a big whole fucking deal. Okay. We all know, was like we know that the ceremony was held at West- Westminster Abbey. Mm-hmm. He was the fortieth reigning monarch to be crowned since ten sixty six. Okay. Um, Queen Camilla was crowned a lot inside him, and. She was crowned a lot inside him. She was crowned along beside him. Oh, beside yeah. him. Okay. This is dating back like this formality and tradition is just dating back like a thousand years. So you're right about a thousand years. Okay. The um, stagecoach that they used for to get from to get to Westminster Abbey. Okay. Is incredible. I think that we should post a, f- a photo on our Instagram page okay. of it because it's insane. Can I see it? Yes. Built in Australia to mark 60 years of Queen Elizabeth's second reign. So there was more than 200 or 2,200 people from okay. 203 countries Okay, that wanted to see this happen. They were, the king arrived wearing a red velvet robe of state. Underneath that, he was wearing trouser, trouser, tra- wearing trousers. 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 There other than the more traditional breeches, silk stockings wore by kings before him. This is all just like bells and whistles. Uh-huh. Like they're going all out for this. So some of the things that they use during the ceremony are intense. And I can we can post this picture too. So like the sovereign's orb is a ball. It's a hollow glo- gold globe with band of precious gems and pearls. And precious then on top of that pearls. is a cross mounted on a globe symbolizing the Christian world. Oh, <laughs> It's literally... It's like a ball of light. Yeah. It's like a very fancy lemon with a a headband. Yeah. A unicorn headband. Yeah. So there's also these like rods and there's two. There's one with a cross and then one with a dove. Mm -hmm. So the cross represents knightly power and justice. And then on top of it, it has um, like a... It's kind of like... It looks kind of like a heart. There's jewels and gems just all over it. And inside, there is another Star of Africa from one of the largest diamonds that was added in 1910. Okay. And then the one with the rod with a dove is referred to as the rod of equity and mercy and represents the king's spiritual role in the country. Spiritual role? I thought we were just influencers. But again, these are just like, this is just tradition. Because back in the day... They had power. kings did have power and queens did have power. Okay, you know. Okay. So, so you're right. This is just a facade mm-hmm. for a tradition. Yep. Um, the service lasted for two hours. When they do this whole like ceremony, they present him to the people. Ew. So like they actually say to the people, like this is your this is oh, your king. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought it was um, like um like a Semba moment where he like <laughs> picks him up and like puts him in the air and everybody just goes wild. So the chair that they used. For him to sit in, and as they placed the crown on him, uh-huh. is called St. Edward's Chair, okay. or Coronation Chair. It was made in 1300 and used in all of the coronations at Westminster Abbey. Oh, wow. It's also known as the St. Edward's Chair, or King Edward's Chair. It's believed to be the oldest piece of furniture in the UK. There's five stages of this whole, of this coronation. I'm not going to go through every single one of them, because it would take way too long. But the stage one is the recognition Stage two is the oath. Stage three is the anointing. <laughs> the anointing? Yeah. Okay. Stage four is the investiture. Stage five is the enthronement. And then they crown the queen. 
Okay. They take communion and then they departure. And then after they departure, of course, they proceed to the palace. Okay. And then there is a parade. Okay. And they actually have a whole ass riding chart. You have your carriage and then there is a actual like chart of who is supposed to be in the first, second, third, and in the car. Okay. Isn't that wild? That is crazy. Yes. They're so particular. Well, you know, all these important people going through public, they want to make sure if any one of those, well, I don't know, they don't have shootings over there like we do here. They probably still have muskets. (laughs) Who knows? While we're still over here. Who the hell knows? Saying that somebody needs an AR-15. Right. Here is the other coach. This was built in 1762. And this one was used at every coronation since 1831. That whole thing is gold. Yeah. Like, it almost doesn't even look real. That's so beautiful. Are you being serious? Yeah. It's ugly. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, we have listeners in the UK. I want to I be respectful. Okay. Folks in the UK, please don't hate us. I it's It's... It's gaudy. That's what we in America say. It's gaudy. Like, it's big and it's annoying, just like that guy's motorcycle out there. I find this interesting. And I think that it's beautiful. It's ugly, but it's beautiful in the sense that it's tradition. I think that's one of the things that I really, really like about the UK and like in Europe and all of other parts of the world besides Mm -hmm. the US because there's so much tradition built into the culture. Mm -hmm. And I feel like ours is just football. (laughs) <laughs> football beer and getting yeah football, like beer and guns i find that very like grounding yeah so do you have any like some true crime Tea? yeah <laughs> do you got some do you want to tell the people about what we think about what happened to princess diana <laughs> so i have a surprise okay why do i share a birthday with somebody no oh. it, this is something that i put in to this information like to my notes because i really wanted to go over it because it has to do with the affair and camilla and his relationship with camilla okay and it's called prince charles (laughs) yes prince charles had an affair with camilla yes okay oh right this is because their bloodline is her bloodline is quote-unquote pure right camilla yeah no i'm so sorry no i don't know who any of these camilla is just camilla Okay, she's just a person. (laughs) She's not just a person. She is of not royal descent, but she does have um, a title. Like, her family is a noble. So that's, like, how they know each other. Okay. I didn't really focus on Camilla a whole lot. But you you said you had something. I had some... I have something. It's called Tampon Gate. Tampon Gate? Is this... Um, like when NASA sent a woman out into space for six days and they gave her a hundred tampons because they didn't know how much she was going to use. No. (laughs) Okay. It's, it's better. Okay. It's It's better. Charles and Camilla have their affair before he actually married her. Okay. Was going on for a long time. Okay. Like, and he was with somebody else. He was with princess Diana. Like even when he was, so is that so, okay. When, while Prince Charles and Princess Diana were dating, mm-hmm. and even when they were married, Princess Diana found out about his his secret love yeah. and attraction to Camilla very early on. Uh-huh. The affair starts to unravel, and when it starts to get into the public eye, yeah, Prince Charles becomes just like obviously 
all eyes are on him uh-huh. and like the tabloids are eating him up and princess princess diana up, oh, yeah. and the whole the royal family up and that so, outfit that she came out like her first public appearance yeah. after everything had came out and yeah. she oh, snatched yeah and that one princess gave her that look like Damn, yeah you go girl but of course like with all of this there was lots of anything that they could they could get with prince charles and just making him like embarrass him like anything that they could find they they released to the to the media mm-hmm. now one of the things that they were able to the media was able to release was a conversation that prince charles had on the phone with camilla okay most of these conversations were sexual yeah. in nature of course there was a conversation that took place and this is what created the tampon gate okay now prince charles is like this is one of the most like infamous things that he's known for because of what he says to Camille on the phone. And it has to do with tampons. Okay. I want to read this conversation. It's really short. Okay. But this is a transcript from um, the actual phone call. They have been apart for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's missing. So he's missing her. Missing blah, 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 blah. So Charles says, Oh God, I'll just live inside your trousers or something. It would be much easier. Oh, Camilla says, what are you going to turn into a pair of knickers? Oh, we're going to come back as a pair of knickers. Charles says, oh, God forbid, a Tampax. Just my luck. Camilla, you are a complete idiot. Ha ha. Oh, what a wonderful idea. Charles, my luck to be chucked down at a lavatory and go on and on forever, swirling around on the top, never going down. Sir. Camilla, oh, darling. Charles, until the next one comes through. Camilla, Oh, perhaps you should just come back as a box. Charles continues, what sort of box? Camilla, she says, a box of Tampax so you could just keep going. Charles, that's true. Camilla, repeating yourself, ha ha, oh darling, I just want you now. People, I mean, this is not sexy talk. That is... (laughs) That's legit. That's real. (sighs) Camilla, if that got you excited, I would love to show you some of the things in my house. So, okay, is the prince, is the is Charles that got his corn this past week? Mm-hmm. Is that That's Princess him. Diana's ex-husband? Yeah. He looks terrible. I know he does. He killed his wife. That is, I thought, I thought that was like his dad. I thought no, that was like homie. Princess Diana's father-in-law. No. And that's why I got so confused when everyone's like, but the boys are next because she's gone. Mm-hmm. And it would be his two sons. Are both of them out of the picture or is just one? The oldest who's supposed to take over? Prince William is still in the picture of the royal family. And he's the oldest. Yes. Prince Harry left the royal family. Okay. He's the one that's married to Meghan Markle, who is not white. That's why they treated her like trash. And it's not a secret. I don't mean to spiral off of topic of true crime, but I found just so much interesting information about Charles and okay. just like and and things that I kind of knew that I wanted to dive back into and relearn some things. But okay, we'll dish it out. Um, but going back to the conspiracy theories, yeah. So there's a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding the royal family. Okay, obviously one of them is Princess Diana's death. Yes. Princess Diana, most of the listeners know, and I'm sure those in UK know that she was not liked by the royal family. Right. Even by her own husband. My impression of everything that I've learned and everything that I've seen like portrayed in the media is that just because she was she was challenging the status quo. Yes. So she was not very traditional. So she liked to do things differently. She 
was very vulnerable. She was very genuine. She hugged a gay patient dying of AIDS. Yeah. When they, the scientists didn't even know if it was safe to even touch patients. Yeah. And she was, you, you need to have compassion for these people. Yeah. She was very, very different. Like the way that she wanted to lead was different. And it just, the crown was just not accepting of that. Yeah. Because it challenged everything. It challenged tradition. It challenges the way that they do things. Yeah. The conspiracy theory that the royal family was ashamed of her is what really propelled like that th- that theory of conspiracy of her like her death was caused by the royal family uh, yeah they certainly pinpoint charles first because princess diana it was said to have had like or have heard people talking about him planning some type of accident yeah Now, that's just, I think that's just oral tradition. Yeah. But the general belief of this conspiracy was that people are trying to make sense of this tragic event. Mm -hmm. So, like, people, when they hear that a beloved princess is dead, like, they just wanted to make sense of it. Right. And with all of the history of Princess Diana and the family and how they treated her, Mm -hmm. and with especially the, the affairs that went on. Yeah. It just was just, like, the perfect like mixture fingers were fingers had to be pointed yeah it it was almost obvious yeah i mean were they ever tried for any of that were there investigations no No. everything was just well she's gone and then Mm -hmm. that's it yeah one of the strange things about her death was that they never they never did an autopsy they kind of just accepted that she was dead and didn't really look into it and yeah which would like fuel the conspiracy theory in itself like why like if she was a car accident like why are we doing an autopsy right she was in france Uh, with her um her boyfriend her boyfriend yeah she had a boyfriend um so is she was she still married to so i have i have a timeline of events of prince charles and princess diana's life okay Princess Char or Prince Charles and Diana met in 1977. Okay, and at that time he was dating Diana's sister Sarah. Okay, they started dating in September of 1980. They were spotted together in um, the royal family's getaway house, which is basically like a it's called, it's in the Scottish Highlands. Okay, and it was a very popular place to see the royal family just kind of just hanging out as a family, hunting, having dinners. Yeah, basically. Okay. They got engaged in 1981 in February. And then in 1981, in March, this is when we started to see Camilla come into the picture. Okay. And then what happened after that? And there was a phone call that um, Diana overheard with Prince Charles and Camilla. Okay. And... Before they were married. Yeah, before they were married. So, like I said, very early on in their courtship the relationship okay diana knew that there was some sort of like female influence in charles life that (laughs) that man slut (laughs) that man slut um and before that phone call or after that phone call he actually left to go do some you know like some duties with Uh, for the crown and everything so coincidentally coincidentally of course in july of 1981 that is when they they were married okay. and then um during or after before the wedding um diana actually finds a bracelet that was made for camilla in prince charles like belongings <sighs> and it actually had her name engraved on it bastard <laughs> so again like and they're married at this point just right before the wedding okay 
Oh, Princess Diana. I know. It was real sad. The following year, Prince William was born in 1982 in June. Prince Harry is then um, born a few years later in 1984. And then in 1986, we start to see the affairs kind of shape, take place, and start to creep into the media. And then we start seeing like a lot of media influence tabloids being created uh-huh. and then friction starts to begin because once you mix the media right. and you get the family and they're like they can't know what's going on like this is just going to make things worse so right. princess diana actually also has an affair okay so there's two affairs going on it's a mutual thing like they both uh-huh. know what's happening so we've got camilla with prince charles and then we have james hewitt with princess diana okay from 1987 to 1992 all hell breaks loose so like the, the affair is just like spiraling out of control the media's taken it it's just the royal family is at like an all-time low right now okay. for like how the country is responding to them yeah so it's not just these affairs but like there's things that are going on in the political like venture that are just not happening it's not doing very well so the family's like an all-time low right now and so like even like so this affair is just kind of stirring the pot making yeah. it worse it's bringing in bad news for them yeah so they have to up their uh, image. Yeah. So basically Diana is kind of treading the waters as far as like how she's dealing with the family, oh. like in a personal life and in the media. Okay. So she started out seen as a threat and now mm-hmm. it's even worse. Yeah. In 1992 of May, she starts to, she meets with a man named, oh my gosh, I forgot to put his name down. Name is unknown because we forgot to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> she starts um, to write or write her book called Diana, Her True Story. Okay. So this is where she's really opening up um, about just basically everything that has happened from the affair to when she met Prince Charles to just like just her relationship with the family in general so that okay. she feels closure and feels validation. Like she needed that. Like that's something that she really wanted to do is to get her voice out because she was silenced for so long. Okay. The Royal family never gave her any opportunity to really be herself and to, to share her truth. Okay. So that caused of course, a lot of controversy. It ended up being released anyway. Uh-huh. She went ahead and did it. Um, and we actually have audiobooks of her doing that. Okay. So which Wonderful. are really interesting, and I would recommend checking them out. Something that I didn't know, that the UK Parliament is called the House of Commons. House of Commons. So, yeah, so, like, the government is called the House of Commons. So we okay. call them the government here, just like the U.S. government. Right. Um, the House of Commons. So I bring that up because in um, December of the following month of 92, they had to basically just meet with the House of Commons and tell them that they're separating. Okay. And then in 1996, so we're... Fast forward a few years, that's finally the divorce is finally finalized, mm-hmm. and during this time, um, Camilla and Charles obviously are still together, uh-huh. and Princess Diana. Wow, she um, really held on to that. <laughs> yeah, she did. Um, Princess Diana is with her boyfriend. Um, I think it's pronounced Dottie or Dodie Fade. Um, he was actually um, of Middle Eastern descent. Okay. Of course, the royal family was even more upset about that because. Yeah. You know, anybody who's not white, mm-hmm. you know, is just not looked at as superior, just like, you know, for yeah. them. So in 96, the divorce is finalized. Um, she's stripped of her title and she does have a very big, like, money, su- like, settlement that they gave her. Mm-hmm. So a year later in August in 97, 
Um, actually, August thirty first, nineteen ninety seven, Diana dies in a car crash with her boyfriend and her Henry and her driver Henry Paul. Wow, that's so sad. So it's a little bit of a like a timeline of Charles and Diana. And so now Charles is king of England. Yeah. So now he's king of England, and and he's has his side chick as his queen. Good for you, Charles. Lars has some conspiracies on the English family, the English family that he would also like to share with because all of this going on. And I was like, Hey, what do you think about? We do like a little true crimey kind of thing. And because you can flex your history buff, we could talk about that. And he said he really liked the idea. So we're going to mix all of that information in with some of these conspiracies alongside the fact that we think that Prince Charles's family killed princess Diana. So take it away, Lars. The royal family members are shape-shifting aliens. Oh, my God. I would totally believe that. I would totally believe that. Are you fucking kidding me? I just... To be in power? So they claim that this theory is why the royal families are obsessed with keeping their bloodlines clean. Yeah. And sometimes, Um, sometimes it's incestual, isn't it? It's all incestuous. Yeah. Of course. Yes. They had aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers and sisters and they want to keep that bloodline clean disgusting and of course like the illuminati plays into the shape shifting aliens uh-huh of course you know so that's one of the more kookier they theories. always go hand in hand yes and i always will see like the reptilian stuff with queen elizabeth the second uh-huh. i'm always seeing those on tiktok mm-hmm. or like instagram and they're like she's shape shifting you can see her eyes blink like yeah, in a certain way and i'm just like girl that happens to all people in power. She's just They're old. All <laughs> <laughs> he said that she's just old. Her eyes just not, her lazy eyes not catching up with the other one. So real quick about this, this theory is it was created by a man um, named David Ick. He was part of uh, the BBC. And he claimed this because the royal family of the United Kingdom and all other countries are part of the Illuminati, like I said. Uh-huh. And they uh, earned their power because their human ancestors mated with reptilian aliens. <laughs> what? <laughs> and again, like that's why they say that that's why they're obsessed with keeping their bloodlines clean. Moving on. Then the second conspiracy theory is that Charles and Diana had a secret daughter. Um, it says that the the Globe ran an article in 2014 claiming that during the examination that, that took place with Diana to make sure that she could bear children, um, that they took some of Diana's eggs and used it in a virtual fertilization to combine it with Charles' sperm. Um, so without permission, one of the doctors snuck one of the embryos for his wife. To carry the royal baby, Sarah, who was born just right after the royal wedding in 1981. Oh. And, they're think- and they're saying that the family kept it hush-hush. I, w- I would have fucking done that, too. I'd be like, hey, honey, um, we have we could have an alien baby growing inside of you. Are you interested in bringing one home? I know, dude. Like, like it's a fucking pet. Um, of course, the royal family killed Princess Diana. So leading up to her death, Princess Diana did seem to have some eerie premonitions. Like I said, she had some... She said that she had some information um, about a letter. Well, actually, she wrote a letter that she felt like she was in danger because somebody was planning an accident. She was very um, suspicious about that. Uh-huh. She said she mentioned like brake failure and serious head injury to make the path clear for Charles to marry Camilla. So um, 
they obviously like discovered and, and knew that a lot of it was just drunk driving. That was the case of the accidents. Like that's what caused the accident was drunk driving. Yeah. So another one was Princess Diana was pregnant with another baby. Clearing Charles for remarriage isn't the only thing that that kind of fueled that was, but the father of Diana's boyfriend um, spread rumors that Diana was pregnant with his son's child. That Princess Philip couldn't stand the fact that his grandson would be Egyptian Muslim as a step as a stepfather. That's just sad. Yeah, this is really sad. Kate Middleton used a surrogate. I mean, if you got the money, and if you can't, if you don't want to bear it yourself, or if you can't, I think Beyonce did. Oh, I, I'm, I, I for definitely that, for believe. Blue Ivy, that, of course. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The only thing that people say about that is that she just didn't look like she could. That she was big enough in the 16th century. Um, King Henry the Eighth was sent, or when he was ruling. They believe that he sent his youngest daughter, Elizabeth Tudor, to a small village to avoid the plague, and that she supposedly died there, that her governess was terrified to tell the king. Instead of fessing up, they tried to find a girl her age to take his place, but they weren't able to find a any like any girl suitable, so they asked a farm boy named Neville to be the decoy. Ew. So there's this conspiracy that Queen Elizabeth I was a man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Gender roles. And then we have like the the famous one that Prince Harry is and Prince Charles' son. Oh, yeah. I've I think we've all one. heard that one before. And we're not going to talk about that one because that one's weird. And that Prince Charles is a vampire. Oh, of course. I mean, um, I, so is um, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. The reason why this one came about was because Prince Charles is actually related to Vlad the Impaler. I'm sorry? Vlad the Impaler. Who's he impaling? He is the man, the ruler that inspired Dracula. Okay. So that's the only reason why. And I didn't know that Prince Charles was related to him, so that's pretty cool. Wow. Well, that was a lot. And thank you for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I the, the first time that we talked about... Um, the royal family and some of this information, very little of this information have you already informed me of. Mm -hmm. And when Lars and his partner Jenny were telling me so much more of the more information that I had questions to, like I was flabbergasted. Yeah. I mean, but for me to find out tonight that they have no governmental power, that is news to me. Yeah. Nicholas saw them when he was a kid because uh, they were in Toledo, Michigan. And his grandparents took him to Toledo, Michigan so that they could see the queen getting doing something. I don't know what it was. I don't know why she was there. And he looks at his grandparents and goes, I don't understand what the big deal is. She's just a little old lady in a hat. Yeah. Just a little old lady in a hat. And that is the mentality of the U.S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. She's beauty. She's grace. She's not Miss USA. No, she's not. But I'm glad that I could teach you some things about how the monarch works. Hell yeah. And we hope you folks learn something as well. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so very much for hanging out with us this week. We love you so much. And you will hear from us next Monday. And we love you. You're supposed to say you love them. I love you, Jeff. <laughs> I love you. You're supposed to say you love them. I love you. <laughs> we love you. And this is us signing out. Bye. Bye.